Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. Um, I want to talk today about something that is affecting a lot of us, which is uh, what's going on with our working during this time of um, lockdown and um, craziness, people being very disruptive. And in particular, I wanted to talk about something that I've seen that I think is worth repeating for people who may not have heard the message uh, about this topic of remote working going on. How, how does that sound to you? It sounds great. I'm in my shed and I'm having to adjust quite a lot of things to how things are, are currently structured. So uh, I'm all ears. What, uh, what, what do you think? Well, what, what, what I wanted to talk about was um, two different things that I'm seeing. And one is people saying, um, they're talking about how things will be different um, after the pandemic and after uh, COVID-19. And a lot of people are pretty excited uh, that this will lead to a, a world where remote working is much more common uh, because I've heard people say this is going to show that being uh, remote working can be just as productive as uh, being in the office together. So that's the, the one hand I, I see people making this claim. Uh, on the other hand, uh, but that's really misses something. And I, I think it's worth saying uh, that what you're doing right now uh, this is the the big message for me is, is what you're doing right now is is not actually remote working. Uh, what you're doing instead is you're working from home in the middle of a crisis. Now, this is I actually saw this uh, on Twitter, uh, which made me uh, think is worth discussing. That uh, the, you know you're at home during a crisis trying to work. That's not the same as uh, remote working in normal everyday circumstances. And there's a lot of reason for this. And I thought it'd be worth uh, us talking about this on the podcast, uh, both about some of the differences and what people might be able to do about it. That How sounds does that sound great to, to me. Yeah, it sounds really good. The uh, thing I'm uh, finding the same thing uh, online, uh, when you mentioned that, I went and found like uh, several other links. So we'll put all those in the show notes so people can see the, the breadth of opinion on this topic and what we're responding to. It's fine. I think really interesting the difference here. There are some people who are finding themselves currently um, able coping just fine, and they're saying, "Yeah, this is this is good. I'm 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 actually find myself more productive than I was at the office normally, and um, I have a lot of extra time, and I'm able to do side projects uh, during the time I was formerly commuting, and I'm getting new skills, and I'm." doing new hobbies and I'm picking up new habits and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm at least as productive as I was before. And, and that's, and this is really great. Um, and I have fewer yeah, meetings. I, I don't have to deal with all those silly meetings and, um, chatting and of course commuting <laughs> and so on. That's right. And I, and I can understand why people, um, would have that response in some people, I think, well, first of all, I think there are people like that who are fortunate, who are actually having that experience. And I think that's um, that, that's those people are, are very fortunate, and that's good for them. It's it's worth understanding that a lot of people are not in that category. Uh, there are some cases where that's really for very obvious reasons. Um, perhaps the one of the most dramatic are people who, um, well, are sick. <laughs> I think there are people who um, are actually affected by the virus, and of course they're they're impacted and not able to uh, be as productive, or maybe the people they are living with or, or their loved ones. That who they're caring for uh, are sick, or even who they're not caring for, people that are, are not uh, uh, necessarily living with them, but their extended family. And they're thinking a lot about how they're going to be affected, and, and they're, they're worried about 
uh, other people. They, they're not going to have their minds completely on their job the way they would normally. Uh, uh, so I think that there's a bunch of people who have that very uh, direct uh, impact. I think there's some people who are also pretty directly impacted. The most obvious category are, are uh, people with young children. I, I, uh, am, I feel very fortunate that my youngest child is uh, 16 years old, unlike people who uh, I know some former colleagues where their, their youngest child is closer to 16 months old and trying to get work at home while the, the little one is awake. Um, it's It seems like it's not really happening, that, you know, best you can get um, some things done while the child's sleeping, or maybe uh, you have another parent who can uh, take a shift. But um, there's definitely not the same kind of productive going on for the people because they no longer have the support systems they're used to of children in school or children with daycare. And so there's a, a big logistical impact. Mm -hmm. And even for people who are used to working from home, and I'm one of them, I've, I've often work from home uh, off and on over the years. Uh, I'm, I find it, this is a very different experience for me, um, if only because of things like uh, location flexibility. Uh, I'm quite used to going out and working from a cafe or using that at least to break up part of my day rather than just being uh, in, uh, in the living room uh, uh, with headphones on all day. <laughs> Sure. But one of the services I'm continuing to subscribe to but not using is a service here in London called Andco that provides an opportunity for you to go to a, a pub or a cafe or, or anything around London and just use it for the afternoon. Well, that's not running, right? That's, that's, that's yeah. not an operation uh, for us right now. So uh, I'm used to that same location flexibility and I get a lot of benefit from the, just the change of scene that's very noticeable. Right. So I think there's a, a lot of a, a lot of logistical elements, and I think these these are only a few. I mean, I think there's there's many more things we could go into. The the, the people who don't have uh, proper remote working environments and haven't been able to get the kit they needed. Um, my wife just today was trying to order a webcam online, and as you might expect, ha -ha, there's not going to find one of those. <laughs> right. Yeah. Fortunately for her, this was kind of an ancillary one. She was looking to have a second camera uh, without needing to. Uh, um, use her phone and join a meeting twice, but so she'll she'll be able to work around that. But uh, for other people, that they're they're not as as fortunate. They don't have sort of um, basics in place. Certainly so. So these these are kind of elements that I, that I think are, are are some of the more obvious challenges. But one of the things that's interesting to me is is even for people who are experiencing and reporting positive elements of um, higher productivity, at least some of those to me seem to me like they're. Uh, kind of ephemeral that people are are going through a, um, in some cases, a, uh, an unrealistic scenario um, for what they're what they're what they might expect uh, as time goes on, and so I also want to talk about those people who are experiencing higher productivity because it, it occurred to me that uh, what we might be seeing here is not sustainable. Uh, in particular, uh, I think there's at least some cases where people are going into a kind of conversational debt. <laughs> an alignment debt with their colleagues where they, they're currently um, uh, living on a, a surplus of alignment that they had built up with their colleagues before the crisis hit, before they were all um, scattered uh, uh, to the winds. And, and now, yes, they have their heads down. They're not in those meetings and they're able to, you know, crank out uh, work products, you know, crank, crank out the code or whatever it is that they're focused on. And that they're feeling really good about that. 
that there's a wall coming. There, there's something that's going to go wrong. Uh, that's right. Exactly. That they're going to run out of that um, surplus. That they that they're they're draining that alignment, and you know they they were able to to build a design together uh, at the whiteboard while in the office, and now they're going to suddenly uh, at some point figure out that that they they don't have a, a game plan for how to build that same kind of alignment and shared understanding when they're outside of the office. It it certainly seems to me that um, this is this is going to be hitting my clients. It's not hitting any of them right now. They all feel really positive in exactly the way you're describing. But um, they, they've, they're, I'm in farming country, so it's natural to use a farming analogy. They're, they're, they're eating their seed corn. They're, there would be activities they would be doing now. It's exactly those meetings that they're missing and it's activities that would be setting them up for the next project, for the next thing that's coming a few weeks from now, even tomorrow. And they've been running on what they've already set up in the alignment that they already have, but uh, how are they going to know what to do next? That's right. Uh, and, and this is, and this is the, the good case where you have people who are uh, fairly uh, focused on a, a particular problems they're trying to solve. Um, people are, are pretty engaged and they're not describing uh, themselves as uh, um, heavily impacted um, by the crisis that's going on. And, and I, I think even in those best cases, that uh, if people have not figured out how to do sustainable remote working, that uh, they're they're going to be uh, facing that challenge coming up. Hmm. So what should they do about it? Yeah, I think that's it. So we we have we've we've laid out like several different types of challenges now. Uh, I think the the, the one question, the one idea I would put out to people out there is if you find yourself. Um, reading about these other people having higher productivity and you're wondering what's what's wrong with you um i would just start with maybe some uh a a, a bit of self-empathy yeah that, exactly uh, and this we, is, we'll have empathy for you you're, you're not doing anything wrong that that's right so i think that's that's why i think what's useful about uh, for example the blog posts that that you found um uh, that idea that you're coping with a global emergency uh, this is not this is not uh, remote work. <laughs> this is this is something different. And, and if you want to get great productivity, the first thing to do is to not have lots of people dying from a mysterious virus. Yes, uh, and uh, to not be in a place where, as someone put it, you know, the world is on fire and our leaders are idiots. Mm. <laughs> so uh, don't have the sort of uh, a, a macro global climate uh, crisis as a, as a way of uh, um, boosting productivity. Um, do, do that first. Mm. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully people can, can have this empathy for themselves, and also um, look around f for their uh, colleagues uh, and uh, uh, friends and loved ones who could use that kind of support. People who might be feeling uh, despondent over the fact they're not able to uh, focus on their work. People who feel like uh, guilty that they're not being as productive uh, as they see other people being, and wondering what's wrong with them. Uh, this is a message that I think is something that people can definitely pass on. Sounds like a good plan. How about that alignment problem? What would you do about that? Yeah, exactly. And then for people who uh, are um, uh, feel like things have been going well, um, uh, our uh, prediction is that this is a problem that you might be facing. And so what kind of conversations uh, might you plan for uh, and what you might uh, check in with. And one is to say, you know, do we all feel like we are uh, actually aligned on what we're doing, and uh, how much 
uh, runway we have left on the work we're currently doing. Um, it's a, a, a good thing we can, uh, as you were pointing out to me, Squirrel, that uh, we, we took the time to write, write a book that will be coming out in May. And uh, it was useful for us even to, to talk about it uh, amongst ourselves, uh, how, how we might frame it. You know, so what happens if we're uh, not aligned with people on what we're doing and why we're doing it? What kind of conversation should we have? Uh, and I looked it up in the book because I couldn't remember. That's one of the best things about writing a book. So uh, the the answer from from ourselves is that uh, you should have the why conversation and the accountability conversation. And we won't go. We won't try to read out the entire book. But the the basic idea is that after you have trust and fear dealt with, then um, you can start to, to to start with why to quote Simon Sinek, and um, to figure out what your your global purpose is. Now, you may already have that. That might be kind of seed corn that is safely in the silo, and um, you, you've got that well aligned. Most, most people don't, so uh, they're relying on more um, iterative uh, alignment and more iterative um, feedback about uh, where you're going. So uh, they may need uh, a refresher much sooner uh, for your your whole organization, why, why are we building this software? Why are we providing this service? Um, does this service is this service relevant? You know, I have a travel startup. Um, their their service is not relevant right now. They've shut down their website, so uh, they they have to figure out their purpose, which is kind of survive until people travel again. So uh, you may have to revise your why. So that's one part of the conversation. And the other is uh, we get a lot of people who are asking Jeffrey, you're seeing this like me. Uh, uh, how do I make sure my teams are working? Uh, how do I make sure that they're focused? Uh, suddenly, I can't see them. Uh, I can't use the metrics I, I used to be using. Um, and uh, the accountability conversation is a very important one there. Yeah, I think that's that. This is one one of the reasons I wanted to. Um, I had this on my mind. I think is I have seen uh, various uh, leaders in in various companies uh, who are expressing some concern about you know how do I make sure my teams are engaged. And as you said, they're not able to use what they're used to using. Um, and I think what they're used to using, though, is, is something that uh, I don't have a, a tremendous amount of empathy for. In, in Silicon Valley, we used to call this the parking lot metric, which is, were there a lot of cars in the parking lot when I leave the office? And a, a lot of um, managers and more senior leader, leaders who were a bit further away from the work it's like, well, I, I don't really know what people are doing, but I have, have faith because there's cars in the parking lot, so they must be doing something. <laughs> uh, not a good metric. Sim similar poor metric, the, the pizza bots metric. Uh, there were a lot of pizzas uh, ordered last night from people working late, so therefore they must be doing good work. <laughs> uh, I think these these are the, the, the people who are, I think, especially um, wondering right now and uh, unsure about what their teams are doing. I think that those are kind of extreme cases, but I think it's it's natural for um, uh, people to feel more confident about the people they're talking to, about the people they see. And when they're suddenly these teams are no longer visible to them and they're people who they don't uh, traditionally have uh, scheduled meetings with to be wondering uh, what's going on. And so I think for, uh, uh, the accountability conversation that uh, you know I talk about, which uh, we can say one element of this is sort of a briefing and back briefing, to be saying, "Yep, here's our understanding of the plan. Here's what we're doing about it. You know, here's here's how we are executing," uh, can be very helpful in um, filling a gap that people are not used to having to consciously fill. 
So it is a technique that people can be using to uh, be clear about what's happening. And I think that's also clear, useful in time right now for things that aren't happening. So, you know, this is the, the plan we're working on and, and here's our plan. And by the way, one of the things we're planning is that uh, we only expect about 50% productivity from some of these people. Or, you know, we're, our expectation is that we're at 60% or 40% wherever we are and having that shared understanding. And, and this, and how do you know as a team what kind of productivity you can expect from the group? Again, that's a conversation that I think is one that people uh, need to be having. What's a realistic uh, kind of output we can expect as a group, as a team? What things do we feel like we're able to um, execute on well? And what are the things we feel that we're not executing well uh, given the current circumstances? You know, making that discussable. I think is a really important uh, element, that, a step that people can take uh, right now as, as people are learning how to cope uh, with this uh, uh, unprecedented uh, environment. And you have lots of options for how to handle reduced productivity, and that's part of your back briefing as well, I should think. So you'd want to be saying things like, um, well, we're, we're particularly low on productivity in our um, user testing and, and user interaction because we can't walk down to the cafe and ask people what they think of our app. So um, here are the things we're going to do to mitigate that. And some of it, we're just going to take the risk. We're, we're going to build, this is what my travel startup is doing, for example. They found some some people who are excited enough and bored enough at home to, to try out the app, but they can't actually try out their new uh, their new features in the real world with thousands of people visiting their website because their website mm. traffic is zero. So right. <laughs> uh, they've just accepted the risk that they're going to build some stuff that won't work once people are actually traveling again. Yeah, but they are mitigating that by getting some power users to say, well, if I were in Berlin today, I would be doing X and therefore I would not like this feature. So um, there are lots of things you can do to mitigate, but um, the crucial thing is communicating that. Because if someone uh, else in your organization is using the pizza box metric, that, that's not going to work for them. <laughs> They're not going to understand what you're doing. And it never worked before anyway. So uh, that is one place where the people who are saying things are going to be better, people will have learned um, that they might be right because um, suddenly you can't use parking lots and pizza boxes to measure. That's right. Uh, as usual, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of no surprise that our um, takeaway from this is, you know, we, we're having a challenge. What are we going to do? We're, well, probably we should talk about it with, with everyone. We should make sure we're on the same page, make sure that we're focused on things that we agree are important. And, and I think this is something that is, uh, very important. Our, our fundamental idea is that we should be dealing with reality and make sure that we have a shared understanding of what reality is. It's These are times that sometimes can feel very unreal. And uh, the idea that we're going to somehow go about business as usual is an illusion that I've seen some people try to put forward. We're going to be um, uh, just as um, uh, productive no matter what in the current circumstances. And uh, some people may be able to achieve that, and that's great. But I think that's a it's a question, that, and and you have to be open to the idea that you know that may not be possible for us. And if you're not able to entertain uh, that as a possibility, then you won't be able to adjust um, based on the experiences people are actually having. 
makes lots of sense. We'll include some links to some of these techniques in our show notes, as usual. The back briefing and back briefing we've talked about many times. Simon Sinek, Start With Why, is a good source. We, I'd love to be able to link to the book, but it's not out yet. So sorry about that, but you can pre-order it. <laughs> so uh, we can try that. Uh, an idea just struck me, Jeffrey. We, we might we might close by actually illustrating some of this. Um, you're welcome to say no, but um, would, would you like to maybe uh, do a briefing and back briefing or, or illustrate some of the, um, do a little role play of, of what this conversation that we're suggesting might sound like? Sure, absolutely. Great. Do you want to be the, um, uh, the, the person who has the pizza box metric and is looking for something better or the, um, <laughs> uh, the, the, the person who's explaining the difficulties in productivity? I'm, I'm okay to be either. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and start as the, as the person with the concerns. Um, Great. Uh, so I'll, I'll take, I'll take the, the leader role here. Sounds good. Go for are, it. Are you? Uh, okay. Um, uh, so Squirrel, and the good news is that you and I do have some things to actually uh, talk about here uh, around our um, uh, marketing of the book, uh, our book launch activities. So, oh uh, yeah. So Squirrel, I've, good illustration. <laughs> I've, I've been looking at our, our uh, Trello board and um, I, you know, we had a lot of plans that we put together at the end of last year and uh uh, I, I, I do uh, wonder about, given the way things have been going, uh, how you're feeling about all those activities we laid out between uh, uh, now and May. Mm. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about them, but most of them seem delayed. That's how it seems to me. Does that, does that match your understanding? Like we're doing them, we're just not doing them in March when we thought we're doing them in April. Yeah, I see that. And, I, and I've been wondering then uh, a bit about sort of what's happening. Is this been uh, um, temporary with, or does this mean that we really should adjust our plans because of um, what's happening? You know, the world's very different now than when we were making these plans. Yeah, that's a very good point. Well, we've had to adjust a bunch of the plans to the fact that people aren't, for example, as, as likely to get a physical book from us because uh, supply chains are disrupted and so on. So um, when we're um, uh, offering to hand out books to people to, to review and so on, we're, we're offering the electronic copy instead of the physical copy. And that, that makes it a little more efficient in one sense because we don't have to go to the post office. And it makes it more difficult in another sense because the electronic copies are harder to deal with. So that's a place where I, I think we're, we're handling it okay and it's not likely to continue. I, I sure hope our next book will, will not have that particular difficulty because of a worldwide pandemic. So so uh, it's not doesn't seem to me we need to adjust those processes, but it does occur to me there might be some others. And and you and I are both finding that um, we we are definitely less productive. We're getting less done. We're um, closer to deadlines than I think we normally would be. We're hitting them. So we hit a a, a publisher deadline recently, more or less, and they were very happy. But um, for some marketing material, but uh, I I think we probably wouldn't have been doing it the night before if we weren't. Uh, affected by all these impacts. What do you think? Uh, I think you're right. And as we talked about last week on the podcast, when we were talking about missing affordances from remote meetings, the fact that, you know, I've been the experience that we feel a, a lot more drained at the end of the day, that all Absolutely. of these online conversations uh, are, are really uh, much more draining than what we're, what we're used to. Um, so the, uh, what I do want to bring up though is we, we do have some deadlines because we do have a book launch with a, a date that's set. Uh, and yep. we do have some uh, deliverables, and um, I would I would think it'd be useful if we could uh, go ahead and uh, do a triage pass on what we have coming up to say uh, what are the things that we want to focus on, um, and is there anything that we should uh, look to deprioritize? Uh, and I think it'd be good for each of us to 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 do that independently and then compare notes. 
Um, is that something that you, you think would make sense? Mm, I like that better. I, I was thinking I would do it and then you'd review, but no, I like that much better. Okay. Let's, let's do a, a triage activity and we can, we can review it at our weekly um, book check-in, which we have on Thursdays. Right. Uh, okay. So that, that was going to get back to him to say, because as far as the, the, the briefing I was going to have to say is, when might I hear back from you? Uh, so mm -hmm. some kind of signposting the elements of, of a briefing, uh, you know, we're, we're saying, what is the outcome we want? Um, you know, what's the, what's the scenario that we find ourselves in? So what's the, what's the element here? Um, and uh, when, when I expect to hear back, uh, what, what kind of the, the plans are? So you're saying you think you could come back on, on Thursday. Exactly. And we're kind of briefing each other there because we're, we're planning both to do the, uh, the triaging. But that sounds helpful. Well, great. Um, we, we got a little of our, our book alignment done. I, I wasn't planning on, but um, good, good improvisation there to uh, actually do something <laughs> that's important for our joint effort of uh, launching the book. So excellent. And I hope that's a helpful illustration for listeners about the kind of conversation you noticed that we touched on why we were doing it and, and what the purpose was and what we were trying to do, make a successful book launch. Um, we talked about how we'd be accountable to each other. And we talked about um, uh, our shared experiences and, and what was shared and what wasn't shared uh, between us in uh, coping with a, a different situation than we'd envisioned when we laid out our plans. We're, we're um, making up for our seed corn. We're replenishing our seed corn there. We had a certain plan and suddenly that's shifting uh, and we're uh, realigning. So I hope all those elements make sense to listeners and that they can apply them. Yeah. And I, of course, I'd, as always, I'd really like to hear from our listeners and, you know, how does this uh, episode sound to them? How does it relate to your experiences? What's your pandemic productivity been like? Um, are you one of the people who are um, really hugely affected by what's going on, um, either emotionally or logistically uh, or, uh, or, or more broadly? Or are you one of the people who feel like, no, actually, I feel uh, you know, like I'm pretty normal or maybe even higher productivity than usual? And um, if, if so, if you're in one of these categories, you know, uh, do you think any of the things we're talking about might be helpful? Or maybe you have other tips that have been helpful for you that you'd like to uh, you think we should share to our broader uh, troubleshooting agile community. That would be great. And you know where to do that. It's at conversationaltransformation.com. If that's hard to remember, just search for troubleshooting agile on, on the web. You'll find us relatively quickly. Uh, you'll find T shooting agile on Twitter. You'll find each of us, Douglas squirrel and JTF on Twitter, and you'll find info at conversationaltransformation.com. If you forget any of those, just search for troubleshooting agile. You'll find us relatively quickly because we'd sure like to hear from you. We also, of course, always like it when people hit the subscribe button or give themselves a reminder for Wednesdays or anything else that works for making sure to listen to us every week. So far, we've managed to adjust pretty well to keeping these podcasts up. We haven't hit uh, exact timelines every time, but like we were just negotiating, we've done pretty well at adjusting, and we expect to do that in the future and to keep bringing you interesting topics that are relevant to your Agile team. Excellent. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Will.